we've been talking about going, going, gone, right? Going, going, gone. And, and the first week you guys talked about going to be human. You talked about Jesus coming in Christmas. And Jesus being born as a baby in a manger. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be with us. And that's what Christmas is about. Then the next week he talked about going to the cross. The most epic story ever told that Jesus gave his very life on the cross. And he bore our shame. He took our sins so we didn't have to. See, I already scared one. It's inevitable. I always make someone cry. Going, going, gone. Going to be human, Jesus came. Going to the cross, he paid the highest price on our behalf. And tonight, what's next? Gone. Dot, 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 dot. Gone. To one day return again. Baseball. When there's a home run hit, you know it's gone. Right? And it's going, going, gone. Alright? Speaking of baseball, I want to show you guys a video clip. Mario, you got that? This is, uh, actually, let me set this up real quick, Mario. Uh, this is from one of my favorite movies. You've probably never heard of it because it's super old. And who said that? <laughs> Did you see that? Oh, I was like, dude, you're reading my mail. Okay, anyway, just go ahead and watch it, whatever. YOLO, whatever, watch it. By the way, JP is my absolute favorite. Love him. received in my entire life just saying a lot. Well, actually, I haven't won that many prizes, but whatever. It was a chocolate smelling... Wait. 
It was a chocolate smelling. It was a chocolate scented frisbee. What? Not even joking. It was a frisbee that literally. Give me a moment, please. <laughs> 20 years later, I can still smell it. It was a chocolate scented frisbee, and I love that frisbee, and I worked so hard for that frisbee until one day Johnny Aunt Reese threw the frisbee, and it was going, going. Gone. My frisbee still sits on top of Mill Creek East Elementary School in Clayton, Indiana from 1987. A little sad about that. Going, going, gone. And we're talking about gone to one day return again. We're talking about Jesus tonight. If you don't want to talk about Jesus, I'm afraid you might be in the wrong place. But let's go to John. Everyone say John. John 14, 1 through 7 says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus is kind of throwing down real quick in this passage. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Then I'm going to skip down to verse 15. Y'all ready for this? I don't know, this is a gut puncher. It's about to knock it real fun, real quick. Ready? You always make us cry. Oh, snap. All right, here we go. Oh, man, I wish I could tweet that right now so bad. I hope I remember that later. I probably won't, but here we go. Verse 15, this is a gut puncher. Let me remind you, this is not Tara saying this. This is Jesus. You ready? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Ouch. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judah said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Three times he said that. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. 
neither let them be afraid. Going, going, gone. Jesus left the earth because he was on a mission. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the big picture according to God's word. And we've got to settle that tonight. Either God's word is true or it's not. There's no picking and choosing. Either it's true or it's not. Either God is real or he's not. Either Jesus is God's son or he's not. And quite frankly, if you don't believe Jesus to be God's son, if you don't believe his word to be true, then you're wasting your time. Either it's true or not. Jesus was on a mission. He's busy setting up camp for us. That is, those who are saved. Those who would call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and repent and turn from their wicked ways and trust in Him as their Savior. We often live our lives as though Jesus was an absentee father or mother. We're so quick to forget the big picture. I hear this all the time when when the business hits the fan and someone we love dies or someone gets diagnosed with cancer or there's a bombing in our nation or people are going crazy and things are popping off. The number one question, three words that's asked is this, where is God? If God is good, then why fill in the blank? See, either we believe it's true or we don't believe it's true. Either God is true or he's a liar. And at the end of the day, you've got to figure out, actually, cancel. At the beginning of every day, you have to figure out who it is that you're listening to and what it is that you believe. Because if you wait till the end of the day to decide what you believe to be true, you'll be in trouble when the bad day comes. And God said, don't be surprised when you have a bad day. Because it's going to come. Don, don, don. Okay, I need you all to pretend like you're in elementary school again, okay? Ready? It's relationship. It's relationship. Just like you wouldn't know your best friend if you didn't spend time with them, the same is true of a relationship with Christ. The same is true of a relationship with Christ. We are carnal in the ways we live, but spoiled brats and the things that we expect. Galatians says this, 6-7. Galatians 6-7 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whoever, for whatever one sows, That will he also reap. Translation, you can't trick God. Whatever you're putting your life into is what you're going to get. If you go to the gym, you're going to get buff. If you eat Twinkies, you're going to get fluff. You feel me? I'm not hating. I'm just saying. What you spend your life on is who you will become. Who you hang out with is who you will become. What you spend your time doing is what you will become. And it's so funny because we come to House of Faith once a week and we think we should just be like God. And it's not like that. Colossians 3, 5, and 10 says this. Put to death. It doesn't say take a time out. It doesn't say try to stop doing it. It doesn't say put on hold. It says put to death. 
I don't know if you've ever killed a spider. I hate spiders. And when I there was a spider in my bathroom the other day, and I got three quarters of a roll of toilet paper because I'm scared to use three squares. Okay? It's like winding up around my hand. I look like I got a freaking boxing glove on my hand with toilet paper. My heart's racing. My palms are sweating. I got little. And I'm like panicking. Like I need someone to come over. And I'm like, no, I got this. I'm not gonna be scared of that spider. That spider's way smaller than me. I got this. I can do this. And then I go to reach up, and I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this. And I'm like, well, if I don't kill this spider, it's going to crawl in bed with me, and I'm going to die. Dun, dun, dun. I got fellow spider haters with me. And so finally, I psych myself up, and I'm like, Terry, you can do this. And I reach up, and I obliterate that thing. It probably only takes, like, a little smudge, like, boop, see you later. But I'm like, boom. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just killing it. Like, killing it past the part of resuscitation. The Bible says this, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's a dun, dun, dun. Are you, are you tracking? In these, you two once walked. That's past tense. You once did that when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here's what I see happening all the time. We compartmentalize. I'll be honest and say that I know how to spell it. Google helped me. Here's what that means. According to Webster.com, to compartmentalize something means this. To separate something into sections or categories. To separate two or more things from each other. To put something in a place that is separate from other things. You know why y'all struggle? You know why I struggle? I'll tell you why. Because here's what we do. We're like, oh, it's Monday. First day of school. Got my book. I got this. I don't even know how to use it. I'm going to go to school and learn something. Okay? And that's Monday. And, and then here comes Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday's my social media day. Heck yeah. Duck face, selfie with the crew. Hey. And that's what we do. And then we put that away because Tuesday goes away. And then here comes Wednesday. Oh, house of faith that day. Better find my Bible. Oh, let me wrap my house of faith shirt because it's time to go learn about God. And that's what you do. And that's what I do. Am I right? Is anyone with me in this or is it just me? Yeah. And you separate your life, and the only time you do anything with God is when you show up in the house of faith. And even then, some of you aren't even here. You're not even listening to me right now. You're talking, you're laughing, you're distracted by someone that you like in the room, and what I'm trying to tell you is you better wake up before it's too late. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. And our whole understanding about who God is is warped. 
That is an activity that you do on Wednesdays. It's not something that you wear a cool shirt and you're like, oh, I better not cuss today because i got to have some face shirt on. We separate it. What if we did that with friends? Pull out my handy-dandy giant ghetto calendar. Thank you, Melissa and Doug, for the easel pad. Here's my calendar. Oh, today's Wednesday. Hey, Eva, I'll be your friend today. Okay, cool. Next Monday. Oh, hey, Mike, you want to go grab lunch? Hope we can be friends today. Got your name on my calendar. <laughs> and then here comes Tuesday, and it's like, oh, shall we talk on Tuesday? Let's go, homegirl. We're friends. Today's Tuesday. And then next Thursday, hey, Michael, it's our friendship day. You want to hang out and watch the Cowboys? Yeah, me either. It, oh, that was dirty. I'm sorry, that was dirty. But that's what we do all the time. But you know who we do that to? We do that to God all the time. Because you guys come here and you sing about God and you raise your hands and maybe you cry and maybe you pray and then the very next day you're dropping F-bombs on your Facebook. And I know because it's in my news feed. <laughs> I gotta repent every time I get on Facebook after reading some of y'all stuff. You guys come here on Wednesday nights, and then on Saturday you're out doing your own thing. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're unstable. You're not getting the big picture. We forget the big picture all the time. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering tonight, Tara herself is wondering. How God feels when I do that to him. I mean, I don't know how many times I've chosen a friend over the Lord. Oh, hey God, uh, absolutely nothing going on today. Want to hang out? Hey God, having a bad day, kind of up a creek here without a paddle. I know I haven't talked to you in a while, sorry, my bad. You know how busy I've been. But can you help me out? Can you bail me out one more time? I'm wondering what God's heart feels. I'm wondering how he feels tonight. We're talking about how Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. I want to show you guys. Uh, this is a place I used to live. Mario, you got that? And uh, I have affectionately termed it the shack. Okay? And it's right over here, and I lived there for like two years because I didn't have anywhere to live. Now, let me tell you about the shack. And the shack... There's this much of a gap underneath the door, and there's this one hollow metal door. And so when we got the really bad ice last winter, there was ice inside my house. Like my dog was freezing cold. Okay? When it wrecked, you'll have more sad for him than me. That's whack. <laughs> you like, oh, poor dog. Ha ha, Tara. <laughs> but check it. Every time it rained, it rained in the shack. Here's the worst part. You ready for this? I'm just painting a picture for you guys. I couldn't get inside there to take a picture. There were... Help me, Jesus. I don't do bugs, y'all. There were roaches. No, 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 no. It's, it's worse. There were roaches literally so big. Okay, when I kill a bug... I got a vacuum cleaner and I got one of those like extend the hose things. So I'm like, <laughs> like as far away as possible, right? The roaches in the shack were so big that they got stuck in my vacuum cleaner attachment. 
And I'm crying at 12.30 at night because it's huge and it's not going away. And I literally paid my friends to come over and get rid of it. That's the shack. Well, let me tell you another story about the shack. Besides it being cold and the weather coming out inside and the giant roaches, one day I get home and my dog's outside and there's something funny on the ground. That's a snake. There's a snake. There's a snake in my yard. And you know what I'm thinking? Shoot. There's a snake and there's a gap this big underneath my door. And that snake I know is going to slither around in my bed. I called Kevin. No problem. He took care of it. Let me tell you about the shack. One day, I'm in the shower, and I'm trying to scrub my feet. And so I've got my foot up on a ledge. TMI, I know. I've got my foot up on a ledge. Oh, I might have just pulled something. And my arm. My arm brushes the wall. I'm not, like, leaning, right? Like, I'm not going to lean in the shower. I'm not that old. I'm getting close. But my arm brushes the wall. And all of a sudden, the wall just crumbles. Literally, just crumbles. Oh my, oh my gosh, giant rats are going to come get me. The roaches, the snakes, the spiders. Okay, ah! now that's a shout. Fast forward two years. Kids, listen. I know it's funny, but I'm really not being funny when I tell you how many times I cried in that shack. For real. Man, y'all are so rude for laughing. I thought for a little empathy, but whatever. Okay, fast forward. Now this is my new home. Way different. Yes. Now listen. Listen. Let me tell you something. Here's one thing I didn't tell you about the shack. Nobody ever came over. I'm like, hey friends, do you want to come over? Mario came over. Shout out to Mario. But most people never came over because they didn't really like it. Now that I have a new crib, this is what I get all the time. Hey Tara, how's that new house? I didn't think about coming over. People will just randomly come over and knock on my door, ring my doorbell. They go up through my fridge. I'm like, what? It's mac and cheese. Mac and cheese or mac and cheese. That's your choice. And everyone wants to come over. And they not only come over, they open every single door. I mean, they're looking through my closet. They're like exploring. you think they've never been on the inside of a house before. That's my new house. And I tell you guys that to tell you this. We're the same way with Christ, aren't we? We're the same way with Christ. We read His Word. Someone teaches, and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That's not for me. I'm not cool with that. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm too cool for God. I'll follow God when I'm out of high school. I'll do that another day. But we all expect a golden ticket when He comes back. The word says this, that he is a way, preparing a place for those who love him. How arrogant of us to waste our entire lives doing what we want to do and then expect when Jesus returns one day to be like, hey, I got my ticket, got a place for me. But that's how we are, isn't it? That's how we are. It's time to get ready. There's no time to play church games anymore. We've got to stop making God an activity. He loves you. He loves you. With a pure love, a deep love, a love that's so hard to wrap your mind around. We've got to stop with the sin. 
We have to stop with the habitual sin. At some point, you have to say, enough is enough, and I'm tired of it. The Apostle Paul said this, should I keep on sinning because grace abounds? God will forgive me. And it says, no. Exclamation point. See, what we're supposed to be doing with our lives is getting ready. It's getting ready. Because there are thousands in the world who do not know God. There are thousands. There are millions of children who have no hope because they don't have a house of faith and nobody is telling them about God. But we're wasting our lives doing whatever we want to do. And I'm telling you, when Jesus returns, if he doesn't know you, you won't get in. It doesn't matter how many house of faith shirts you have. If he doesn't know you and you don't know him, you won't get in. But it's not a Willy Wonka golden ticket. It's complete, total access. My friends that come over, they know to help themselves. I got to keep two gallons of sweet tea in the fridge. We go through that like Kool-Aid. Okay? Because it's a friendship. It's an understanding. There's an open invite. We've got to stop with the sin. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We pick up all of these weights, getting entangled in our own sin instead of getting ready. You're wasting time fighting battles when God created you for war. You don't have to be addicted to sin. You don't have to be addicted to anything. It doesn't have to be like this. You can experience God every day. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You have full access because the love of the Father that He has for you. And the great cloud, the great cloud, why does it matter? Why is that in there? I'll tell you why that's in there. Because all of the greats who have gone before us, Peter, John the Baptist, Peter who walked on water, David, who slayed Goliath. James, the disciples, Mary, the very mother of Jesus, Martha. They all sit up in heaven. And they're worshiping Jesus night and day. And the Bible says that they're cheering us on. They're cheering us on. They're saying, come on, you've got this. You can do this. You were created for greatness. And he is coming back. Jesus is coming back. What hope? Because the reality is it doesn't matter what kind of house I live in. It really doesn't matter about my hair or what kind of clothes I wear. It really doesn't matter who my new BFF is or how many likes I get on Instagram or how many followers I've got on Twitter. It doesn't matter because Jesus knows me and he loves me and he calls me his own and he is coming back for me. And it changes everything. We've been busy building our own empire 
when Christ has been trying to hand us the kingdom, the kingdom of God. We're busy building our own empire, our own empire, all about self, follow me, like me, hang with me, do what I do, know me, applaud me, take care of me, serve me. How much money can I get? How many pairs of shoes can I have? And the whole time Jesus is like, here, you're my child, you're my friend, you're my favorite one. I want to give you the kingdom. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? I'll tell you. It's love and joy and peace and righteousness. It's right standing with God. It's knowing God. It's being able to hear the voice of God. It's knowing and believing everything that God says about who you are and what's going on. I think tonight that God wants to make an exchange with us. An exchange. He's saying, give me your self-made empires and let me give you the kingdom. He's saying, give me your entangling sin and I'll give you my freeing grace. Give me your heavy weights and take my yoke upon you for it is light and easy. Give me your small ideas because I, God, want to give you my big dreams. Give me your way of doing things because it doesn't work. And take my your own boss mentality and take my lordship. The prodigal son wasted it all, only to find himself eating the pods of pigs. I could have stayed in the shack. I could have kept living there and never, ever walked in the front door of my home. You could carry on with your life and keep playing church and keep doing House of Faith on Wednesdays and keep hanging with God on Wednesdays, but you'll miss it all you'll miss the big picture. One thing remains true. Christ is coming back. The Bible says that nobody knows the day or the hour. Translation, when you see on Fox News that Joe Crabb in Wisconsin said that Jesus is coming back on Friday the 3rd at 11.37 p.m., he's wrong. Nobody knows the day or the hour, and that's why there's an urgency to get ready. Do you hear that? Do you feel it in your spirit? That's why there's an urgency to get ready because nobody knows. And it's true, he's gone, but he's coming back. And he will take everyone who has ever trusted in him and we will spend forever and ever and ever and ever with him. Let me put it in perspective for you. In heaven, there's billions and billions of angels and they never stop crying out and singing to God, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God, you're awesome. And they never stop praising God night and day. They keep crying out. There's millions of people from all over the world, every tribe and nation, worshiping Him. It's pure. There's not a single bad thing in heaven. There's not a single tear. There's not death and disease. There's not depression and unpaid bills. There's not house lights getting shut off and no food in the fridge. It is absolute, pure perfection with Him. So what are we spending our lives on? 
I don't know about you, but I want to know the Lord. I want to know his heart. I want to know what he says. I want to know what he, he's doing today. I want to know what bothers him. How tragic it would be to waste our entire lives building our pretty little empires only to find out we've missed out on access to the kingdom. He gives us a backstage pass, an invitation to say, come and be with me. I love you. Mario, you can throw that picture up. We're about to... I don't know if you know Jesus. Lots of you know of him. He probably hangs in a frame picture on your wall. But I don't know how many of you actually like know him. But let me tell you this. He knows you and he loves you. And I don't know your story and I don't know your life and I don't know what you've been doing. But I know my life. And I know my story. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes Tara cares more about building our own empire. Because I forget the big picture. Sometimes it feels like God has maybe forgotten. Maybe he's got a plan B and he didn't tell me. And it seems like he'll never come back. But the truth is this, he will. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what's going on in my life, I 100% believe this to be true. And I'm banking on it. I've wasted my whole life believing that this gospel is true, believing that this God is true. And when I look into those eyes, I'm struck. And I feel so broken because I've tried to fit God into a pretty little box and made it convenient for me. It's real easy to love God at House of Faith. Everyone here does. We queso soup, Eva makes crazy jokes, we all laugh. I get it. I know what it's like when you get home, go home. The drinking, the drugs, the craziness. I know what it's like when you go to school. When I was in your age in high school, it was only me and my sister who prayed every morning before school. We invited the whole school to come pray before the day began, and guess what? It was just me and my sister. I was made fun of because I loved God. I was made fun of because I didn't do things that everyone else did. But it was all worth it. Because what Christ has given me in exchange has been so much more. I don't want to fit God into a box. I don't want to schedule God when it's convenient for me. I want to be all in. Because when he comes back, I want him to say, hey, Tara, well done. Good job. You ran your race. You finished it. And you're home forever. There's going to be millions of people that day who will stand before Christ and he will say, depart from me for I never knew you. I never want that to be true for me. And I never want that to be true for you. I'm going to pray and then we're going to play a song and I just want you to listen to the song. I just want you to listen to the song and I want, the, I want, I want you to let the Lord deal with your heart. Because He loves you. Oh man, He loves you.
He knows your name. He knows how to spell it right. He has your name written on the palm of his hand. He numbers the hairs on your head. The Bible says that he sees when you wake up and he sees when you go to bed. He's always watching you because he loves you. He loves you. Will you make the exchange tonight? Are you willing to lay down your self-made empire so that you can have the whole kingdom? He loves you. God, thank you for tonight. Father, forgive me for all the times I've gotten it wrong. God, for the times that I've tried to put you in a box, the times I've tried to do it on my own and in my own way. God, for all the time and energy I wasted building my own thing. God, what love that you love me still. And God, you always have a porch light on. You're always waiting for your kids to come home. And it's never too late. It's never too late. God, I pray for these students that you would give them a wisdom and an understanding far beyond their years. That you would wake them up, God. That you would teach them to number their days. That they may gain a heart of wisdom and live in a way that's honoring to you. God, that you would give them the grace and the strength and the courage to simply walk with you day by day. God, thank you for the adventure. Thank you for forgiving me, for loving me. God, I can't wait till you come back. I can't wait to look into your face. To look into your eyes. And to tell you how much I love you. I can't wait to see what heaven's like. And when I forget that, God, remind me. Remind me of the big picture. Going, going, gone. To one day come again. In Jesus' name.